0: This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 2, Eastley 2, and quite a lot to pick out of that. Uh, In fact, that's why this podcast is a little later than usual, because quite frankly, I've had quite a lot of looking back through the footage to work out what happened to some of the incidents. That was a messy game. I don't think it's realistic to talk about it without first talking about what happened six weeks ago when Wrexham played Eastley, because I think that was a, a major uh, contributing factor to what happened in this match. Wrexham <sighs> were unhappy after that game, and understandably so. You could hear just watching the live stream uh, the amount of pressure that Eastley were putting the referee and remember that was the game where the ref gave a crazy penalty. Because James Horsfield cleared the ball off his own line, an astonishing decision. And Eastley, then I think you could see what the culture was, and um, a lot of s- diving, a lot of screaming, a lot of tactical fouls, and a lot of getting under the referee's skin and the opponent's skin. And well, Tyler French was sent off in that game. Hartley the player sent off last Saturday <laughs> against them. We had a player sent off, Fika Kelleher in very harsh circumstances in this match. But yeah, I think there was a a hangover from that, and this game followed similar um, directions in, in some ways. But anyway, Wrexham started off with one change, Jay Harris coming back into midfield, replacing Jordan Davis. And Wrexham started decently, but it soon became apparent that Eastleigh had learned the lessons from last Saturday, where they'd... Frankly, been much too slow on the ball against Ten Ben Hartleypool. Just pushed the ball around in front of their defence, and never it looked like breaking them down. So this time they were much more competitive. They passed the ball around a lot quicker, and in the first period of the first half, well, no, I'd say in the first half, in terms of quality of play, they were the better side. They carved out a chance early on, there were some nice combinations down the sides, trying to get round the the side of Wrexham's back three. Uh, The best one came when Ben House on the right flank played a cute little back heel to put Partington, the right-sided centre-back, in a crossing position. He drove a nasty ball in behind the Wrexham defence and Carrington, in front of his own goal, did very well to get a foot to it and put it over the bar. The corner was cleared and led to the first controversial moments of the evening now like I said Eastley specialize in tactical fouls when teams break away against them they look to take you out or if you just get into a position where you might break now on this occasion the ball was cleared towards Dior Angus who got there first on the halfway line he was staying up from the corner there were two men covering him one of them Baggy, who lunged in and very deliberately took him out. If he hadn't have done, Angus was running at the last defender and he'd already got a lot of pace going, so that would have been a really tricky situation for Eastley. The referee gave a yellow, and has no option, it's not a red, but it is a, a very cynical foul. But this would become relevant six, uh, sort of six minutes later. Anyway, for now, the free kick came to nothing, Eastley continued to work the ball well in midfield, and then they got their reward. There was an elements of controversy to the first goal although to be fair i think really it was a, an error by one of our most experienced players a ball dropping in the box and uh, two stalwarts of the national league midfield jay harris and danny hollands came together harris for my money and i haven't looked at the video i'll stick by it was trying to buy a foul he got hold of holland's arm and sort of tried to pull him down onto himself uh hollands managed to release the ball and the referee wasn't interested. I think his ref was right. Um, Harrison Hollands then took themselves out of the game and were standing toe to toe in the halfway line arguing while play went on, and it was rather costly for Exxon because the ball dropped to the left wing-back. easily outstanding player, Joe Tomlinson. He's playing at left wing-back, but he's right-footed, and he cut inside and from 25 yards out hit a terrifically powerful shot, spectacular goal into the top right corner although it's got to be said there was an element of good fortune to be fair fortune favors the brave because the shot just took a nick off luke young's head which deflected it beyond the grasp of dibble who lunged at full stretch but couldn't quite get there wrexham looks to bounce back and there was a flurry of activity as they started to get into the game Thomas doing well to help the ball on to Angus who, on rushing at the edge of the area, hit a shot which again took a little deflection to take it away from the keeper. A superb save to his right by Luke McDonnell who was highly rated by Eastley and you could see why to uh, push it away for a corner. When that corner was played then, there was another coming together between Harris and Hollands. Harris on the edge of the area, colliding of Hollands, Rexham shouting for a penalty. Again... I think the ref's probably correct to turn it down. It looked to me like Harris maybe is initiating the contact and banging into him. And so, yeah, for the first 17 minutes, the ref's doing OK. And then it started to go wrong, because soon afterwards, Harris had the ball in the centre circle as he laid her off baggy. who had been booked, as I mentioned, came in late and caught the back of his heel. He was very late, and it was a potential yellow card let's put it that way the sort of one that I think you may well give a second a yellow to if a player's not been booked already so Baggy was rather fortunate not to get a second yellow and was not the last League player that you could say that about from the free kick Wrexham lifted it into the box Thomas touched it on and had the whole Johnson racing after it was just beaten to it by McDonald, who was very quick off his line but Wrexham had now started to get at Eastleigh and Eastleigh's control of midfield just faded a little and although they still look neat coming forwards all the chances in the second half now would go to the home team. Records with a corner from the right hand side as he swoops nastily into the goalmouth and it was heading for the top left corner. He does seem to specialise in corners that could go in doesn't he having hit the post a couple of weeks ago um, but McDonnell on this occasion did well backpedalling to stretch and palm it away for another corner from that corner, the ball was half cleared. Hall johnson swept it in, nodded down by record, and Kwame Thomas, back to goal, six yards out, did really well to just work a bit of space between him and Partington, turn and hit a shot, which went just wide. Wrexham continuing to push on. They had another shout for handball, a free kick into the box. Kelleher getting the cleared ball on the edge of the area, hitting a fierce shot. It was certainly blocked by an eastly player, Was it handball? Um, There was no replay on the stream or or alternate camera angle, which is a shame, because looking at it with the naked eye, it's not completely conclusive. It it looks like it hits the defender's arm, but it also looks like the arm's tucked in. So from what I can see, probably the ref got that one right. But there could be other angles which suggest that the arm's a bit further out, so a shame we haven't got a second opinion on that one. But Wrexham kept pushing on durrell doing well on the left hand side sweeping in a great cross to the far post hall johnson timed his run well but then well whether he just couldn't quite reach the ball well enough or whether he just mistimed his header he made a very sort of glancing contact on the header from about eight yards out went well wide the next time he got into the box though would be a lot more decisive as Wrexham benefited from a deflection just as Eastley did. Although it should be said that after that flurry of activity around the half-hour mark, Eastley did regain control of the match, and as this half went to its conclusion... started to wonder if they might get the second goal before the break which really would put Wrexham up against it they didn't carve out any proper chances though and in the second of the two minutes of added time Wrexham against the run of play got an extremely fortuitous equaliser although as I said about uh, Tomlinson's goal you know if you don't buy a ticket you, you can't win the lottery the ball from a free kick was played in by Young it was a plea to the edge of the area where House made a poor, poor clearance just hitting it across the face of his penalty area straight to Hall Johnson. He hit it firmly with his right foot and it took a horrible defraction off Boyce which took the ball underneath the lunging McDonald. McDonald, I think, may have had his shot covered although it would have been a good save. He was diving full length. Boyce's deflection deflected towards the keeper and under his armpit and Wrexham had equalised. Like I said, a lot of luck about it but... Fair play to Hall Johnson, a player who, when he gets to the bottom the edge of the area, is going to pull the trigger. So, Wrexham, with that good fortune, he wondered whether they'd be able to come back out and capitalise upon it. Well, it was certainly Eastley who started the second half better. Now, the game's starting to bubble up by now. Like I said, a lot of tactical fouling by Eastley, and yet, <laughs> to a great extent, they were getting away with it. Uh, the, the only player, well, Wrexham had, had a player, booked, Kelleher, for a foul on the edge of the area during the first half. Which, in the context of some of the ones the referee was allowing to go, seemed a little harsh. I'm not saying it wasn't a yell. I'm not saying it was an outrageous decision. I'm saying in the context of other challenges, it was harsh. Kelleher uh, went to ground. It wasn't a violent challenge. And so he couldn't be booked for you know, hitting the man hard. Um, but it was a foul on the edge of the area. The referee, I think, on that basis decided it was a good position, obviously. Kelleher should be booked. It was a harsh one. But not as harsh as what had happened soon three minutes after restart. Before that, though, Wrexham had a very lucky escape. A corner swept in, flicked on, house hit the ball fiercely from the edge of the six-yard box across Dibble, who had no chance. But luckily for Wrexham, Luke Young was on the near post, and he volleyed it off the line. Within a minute, Wrexham were down to ten men. The ball played down the left flank, baggy was accelerating away from Keller, who sprinted to try to keep up with him. Now, I've got to be honest, the naked eye, commentating from the far side of the pitch, it looked like Keller had just brought him down, just dropped onto his legs and fouled him. But when you look at the replay, you realise he's terribly unlucky. He's sprinting. And he stumbles. I mean, he's chasing Baggy, who's a fast about So is really pushing himself to the edge physically. And he stumbles, falls. He does appear to try and take evasive action, so he doesn't clear Baggy out. But he makes some contact. Baggy goes down, and the referee has no hesitation, gives him a second yellow, and wrecks him hugely up against it, down to ten men with three minutes of the half played. Now, when Theo Versal got sent off a fortnight ago, I meant I worked out that remarkable fact. That he was the sixth player Rexwood had sent off in a league game under Dean Keats. And we'd never let a goal in when we'd had a player sent off under Dean Keats in league matches. Um, we'd also never, obviously, seen the results get worse. Well, the second of those records, of course, would be maintained. Because we'd end the game with a draw we had at that point. But within a minute, we were conceding the first goal with ten men under Keats in the league. Because... The ball was swept in and helped down. A shot driven in, Carrington handled it. And again, fair enough. Big call, but correct. The referee took a while over it, but his arm was out of Carrington. And it was a fierce shot towards goal by house. So the ref had to give the pen. Tomlinson stepped up on his second goal tonight, sending Dibble the wrong way. Tomlinson, who also scored the last penalty that was given against Wrexham in the reverse fixture six weeks ago. And Wrexham were really in trouble. 2-1 down. Down to 10 men, and Eastley, who were dominating the half, really started to take control. Wrexham showed terrific spirit for about 15 minutes to dig in. And survive because they were under a bombardment, loads of set pieces coming in, Wrexham battled away, but the defending was good, and to be honest, there was only one real chance coming from a corner. The ball swept in by pain. Barnes rising eight yards out, headed firmly towards goal, and Young, this time on the far post, was again able to clear off the line. Uh, looking at it, not totally sure if it was going in or not. Uh, from the naked eye, it looked like it was going just wide from the stream it looks like it was heading for the inside of the post but certainly Young couldn't afford to leave it another lucky escape but the fact is throughout all that pressure apart from that one chance Eastley weren't testing double Wrexham were holding firm and defending gamely, with having reverted to a back four Carrington and Vassell now the centre-backs Hall Johnson and Record having to sit back a bit more although Record would soon start venturing forwards a lot more and admirably as the anger grew in the game, that red card hadn't helped the mood, the continuation of tactical fouling, the referee now starting to give yellows for Eastley, they'd end up with five. Wrexham gathered themselves up, having weathered the storm, and the last 20 minutes were terrific from them. The 10-men Wrexham went at Eastley and shook them for the first time in the match. Eastley, who had defended pretty serenely up to that point, suddenly looked rattled at the back. They, they seemed to tire... Rex made a couple of judicious substitutions as well, Jordan Davis came on and gave real spring in midfield, replacing Durrell, who had done alright, and then also uh, Jordan Ponticelli was brought on to replace Angus, and Ponticelli for the second game in four days made a real difference with his energy up front and work rate. So Wrexham tearing back into it and in the 71st minute got their award with a very nicely worked equaliser. It's one of those that the camera doesn't quite do justice to. Watching it live, the ball was pinging around a lot quicker than it looks on camera. Record picking it up on the left-hand side, but a good ball down the side to pick out Kwame Thomas. Thomas held her up well, laid it off. Record did really well to hold on to it and wait while Young made a lovely overlapping run considering the fact that Record's standing pretty much on the line. <laughs> it's clever to overlap him. Young left the pitch to get down the side. Record fed him in perfectly and Young ran the back of the defence, drove into the box along the goal line and smashed a flat cross of the far post where Carmé Thomas made contact and thumped it into an empty net. His ninth goal of the season and firmly deserved. And Thomas, to be applauded for his instinct and movement, he, he it was, as I said, who held it up on the left flank. And once he'd laid it back off, he peeled off the width of the pitch to come and attack the far post. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We want to pigeonhole Kwame Thomas as a target man, but that guy's a six-yard box striker. His instinct is hold it up, but then attack the far post. Uh, it was great stuff. So Wrexham back in it, and Wrexham then started piling it on. Eastley, shaky. Wrexham looking a bit more direct a bit more aggressive and causing problems Harris with a determined run in from the right flank and a powerful shot which was too straight and was saved by the keeper then a big big moment over the quarter of an hour left Thomas again holding it up well laying it off great ball by Harris over the top Ponticelli one-on-one with the keeper McDonald did really well he made it extremely difficult for Ponticelli he was out swiftly and Ponticelli looked to go round him the angle became very difficult and he ended up hitting it into the side netting. A, a very, very tight angle. It would have taken a super finish to have hit the net, but Wrexham's so close. They continued to push on, and two minutes after that came a massive moment of controversy. Thomas helping the ball on behind the defence, record racing into it. It looked like a 50 50 between him and the keeper as McDonald came out, but Blair seemed to pull him. Record went down, I've got to be honest, to the naked eye, it looked an absolute cast-iron penalty and a red card. The referee wave play on. Wrexham utterly livid. This game's now got to boiling point. Looking at the replay, the camera angle is not totally decisive, but it, I still stand by what I say it was a penalty, to be frank. It, it's one of those cute defensive things where Blair can see the record's making the run and he's going to get in the box ahead of him. So he grabs hold of his arm with his left hand and possibly a bit of shirt with his right and impedes him, but then makes sure he lets go once the ball's getting closer, hoping that the referee's field of vision. <laughs> means that by the time he looks, he's not touching him. A classic classic defender's ruse. You can often spot these, I feel, because the defender as Blair did, is throwing his hands up to say I didn't touch him pretty much before record started to go down because he is touching him and he needs to try and give that message to the ref. Poor decision by the referee, but worse was to come because soon afterwards came well, I mean I, I, I'm struggling to think of a more Wild brawl I've ever seen in the flesh In a football match It was proper ice hockey stuff The ball went out for a throw in Now Let's pick this apart very carefully It's the 82nd minute And Wrexham pushing You know they went down to 10 men Wrexham are pushing for the win Wrexham win a through-in On the right hand side In front of the dugout Dean Keats goes after the ball Now, Wrexham are looking to get on with things. Keats has gone across and grabbed the ball. So, I think it's reasonable to say he wants to move the game on quickly. Hull-Johnson is arriving. He wants to give it to him so he can take the throw-in. Ben House, the Eastley striker, comes across and starts wrestling with Keats for the ball. Now, House has no right to be over there. It's a Wrexham throw. House, as they are facing off, Puts his head down into Keats's face. I'm not saying it's a headbutt, I'm not saying it's with great force, but you tend to get sent off for doing that anyway to a player, never mind when you were off the pitch to waste time and do it to a manager. And let's have a little think back to Tyler French's red card against Eastley, where he basically his offence was to run into the fray. Not really make much contact. Really, the contact was made more on him with hands on his chest. So, House had to go. It sparks a massive brawl. Jason Bristow, the Eastley assistant manager, comes charging in. There's a real rook. And pretty much every outfield player is charging in there and having a piece of it. There's a lot of grabbing older people's shirts and hurling them around. I haven't seen any punches thrown. The subs... <laughs> start charging down from the seats to get to get involved it starts to spill over into the passage next to the dugout i quite enjoyed watching dural who'd just been sub sort of skidding down like a kid skidding on their bum on the stairs trying to skip over the chairs to get to get down and, to get and see what's going on and the ref well i was gonna say it takes a long time to sort it out i need to rephrase that The ref waits until it's been sorted out <laughs> okay that's sometimes I have to do that step back and, and, and take the view fair enough it was a bit weird to see him and the linesman standing in the center circle away from it all while it was still still boiling over it was also weird that there was no physical consultation with the fourth official and certainly after match dean keats would say that he was the fourth official wasn't consulted clearly the fourth official was the person in the best position to see it all um and looking back at the footage he's very close to the headbutt on keats if we call it that but once it's all sorted oh i should point out they do have earpiece connections so it is quite possible there was consultation just not visual visually detectable anyway whether there's consultation or not the decision is that keats is sent off it's pff, apart from the fact he's involved in the fracas, it's difficult to see why he gets sent off and uh, uh, rather than anybody else he's he has that gesture by house but he doesn't retaliate he is according to the referee's report wasting time trying to delay a throw in but it's his team's throw in and we at that point are pushing forwards it's a, it's a nonsense um, Jason Bristow the Easterly assistant manager the one who charged in also gets sent off There is no punishment for any player. Looking back at the replay, the fourth official, like I said, is right there. Can see the head movement of House. And yet he's not even getting a yellow. Remarkable. Remarkable refereeing. And and don't get me wrong. I I sympathise with referees having to pick the bones out of that sort of of conflagration. But it's the fact that he's saying that Keats is time-wasting when he is doing the opposite. It's the fact that House... Can only be time wasting. Why else would he charge across for a Wrexham throw-in um, and then gets away with that gesture? It's a fact there is a lot of violent stuff going on that isn't punished. Well, the ref got it wrong, and it wasn't the first massive decision he got wrong at Wrexham's expense. Although I, I must say there are also big talking points. He think he got right, but the red card, the shirt pull on records, the brawl, and the, um, with no red card for an Eastleigh player. Well, those are all poor decisions. The game changes after that. It's a, there's an a eight minutes, pretty much a six-minute really hiatus before it's all settled. The, the two sent-off officials have gone off the pitch down the tunnel and the game can resume. And the game feels different then. Wrexham do now start to dig in, having had enough time to think and realise they've reduced to ten men so early and trailing with ten men that appoints an excellent result. So Rexham do now start to slow the game down and the game sort of peters out, except for one late moment of drama, 97th minute. Smart, who'd come on as a substitute on the right side and looked quite lively, swept the ball in. And another substitute, Smith, managed to get between the centre backs and find himself with a free header eight yards out. He dived in, made great contact, but didn't get great direction. It straight at double who was able to hold on to it, and um, there were other things to pick the bones out of apart from baggy. Um, Blair was booked for another of those Eastleigh trademark tactical fouls, Ponticelli breaking away into a good position, so he just took him down. And then soon afterwards, essentially, did what Kelleher did on the flank, grabbing hold of a man and, and, and pulling him down. Except he did actually grab hold of him and pull him down to stop a breakaway, it had to be a second yellow ref. Didn't give it. Blair as well, the one who was in the box grabbing hold of record. So he likes getting a bit of shirt in his hands. Um, did the referee not give the penalty because he knew that it would have to be, well, it would have to be at least a second yellow. Actually, I would say it had to be a red card, a shirt pull in the box on a player who's going into a 50-50 with a keeper as a red card. But, no. So, a draw. And, quite frankly, an heroic draw. Easter not a side that I want to play again this season. <laughs> Much as I want to get in the playoffs, I don't want to be against them. Um because they're not pleasant and they're hard to play against. But okay, we've drawn both games against them, that's pretty respectable. As for individual performances, Dibble pretty quiet game. Didn't have a chance. So he, I think it was fingertips with the first one, the goal, but it was a rocket which took a deflection. Didn't have a chance with that. The penalty's a penalty, didn't do anything wrong. Uh, the centre backs played all right I mean they were they were put under a bit of pressure Carrington uh, maybe the best of the three despite the penalty decision Vassell again his pace came in very useful and um, Kelleher was looking solid enough till he got sent off so the back three did well uh, in fact as a defensive unit we were pretty good because like I said Eastley played some very good football in the first half and then for a period with 10 men dominated and we dug in and they didn't actually make that many chances on the flanks, Hull-Johnson was was more conservative than usual, even as a wing-back he was driven back. At first, his defensive work was extremely good. There was one terrific tackle that he made early on when Baggy was trying to go around the outside of him. Um, in the second half, he made a couple of defensive errors, but still he was wholehearted and tried to take the game forwards a bit more. Well, the sending off restricted him. Record again at a very good game, very progressive uh, driving for was very much the record that we bought. I feel, um, and needs to be applauded for that. His, his his work in the build-up to the second goal was excellent. His uh, defensive work was sound too. Centre mid, and um, I thought Harris started off a little bit rusty. I think he he he, he was maybe getting a bit too absorbed in the battle with Holland's and wasn't influencing as much. But as the game wore on. Well, when you got a situation where you're down to 10 men and battling like hell, Harris is your man, isn't he? He played a glorious ball to put Bonticelli in. He fought hard in midfield and should be applauded for his work rate. He did. Uh, he grew into the game very well. I think the same is true of Luke Young, who I thought did extremely well. Always, we know, full of energy. His driving run to second, up the second goal was superb. And again, when we were down to 10 men, you really notice players like Luke Young who are uh, putting in that extra shift young uh, again a, a very good performance Durrell was in and out of it um he had some nice moments he delivered a couple of good balls into the box and he, you know he's he's showing that feisty side well and was battling well. Um, But I think it was right to bring Davis on when they did. And Davis made an impact. Only 15 minutes, but his fresh legs in an attacking position made a difference. He was running into spaces. His passing was well-weighted. He was spreading the ball out of record quickly. Um, But Durrell put in, again, a, a proper shift, worked very hard, did his bit when we were down to 10 men. And, yeah, good work, good work. Up front... Angus had moments of fret. he was getting into decent running positions, he was often tactically foul to stop him from capitalising upon it, he was unlucky with a he hit which McDonnell matched with a good save, but again it was a well judged substitution to get Ponticelli on when they did, because Ponticelli given a decent 25 minutes again did well, was running and stretching and got in behind for that chance, uh, dropped deep and worked hard and uh, did a good shift it was a again just like on saturday our substitutions were very good and and refreshed the team and man of the match for me kwame thomas again thomas had better center backs than he often is up against i thought to deal with today uh boyce is a proper stopper bird is as well and he actually didn't win quite as many headers as usual but he made the ball stick up front he did win headers he battled like heck his movement was good he scored the goal and when our backs were to the wall and as we know in both games Eastley are really good at set pieces and most of their chances over these two games had come from set pieces Thomas made a number of important defensive interventions using his height to get the ball clear so once again Thomas who again was battling to the last second uh, massive kudos to him superb performance and man of the match. Um, kudos as well to Dean Keats and his coaching staff. Because he does have this excellent record when we're down to 10 men. And that's, let's break this up a little bit. I know the cliched idea that he's a defensive coach, which I I, I don't buy. I There's I the evidence in front of me. doesn't back that up. But um, I'll tell you what, when we're down to 10 men, there's evidence of that. Because his approach to losing a man tends to be to get on the front foot. We've actually had a series of poor results over the years when we had a player sent off, understandably. We've often been very passive. Um, the classic example was when we were 9 against 10 against Altrincham in the Kevin Wilkins season, and we just parked a bus. We were 2 up and parked a bus and lost 3-2. And there's an instance in that match which really stood out for me, which was Manny Smith, who let's be honest, is the defender's defender. Manny Smith, his only purpose is to stop teams scoring goals. He's not interested in uh, being an attacking player. was clearly frustrated by the fact that there was absolutely no out ball for us. Now we were down to nine men, but also we were down to 10, there's only one man difference. But we were just camped in the box, kicking it out and defending it, literally attack against defense. And Smith got so clearly frustrated That he won the ball in the penalty area and ran through the Altringham team to the halfway line, very uncharacteristic of him, uh, before realising nobody had joined him and losing the ball and then turned round. And again, Smith wasn't the the biggest mouth in the team, turned round and started haranguing his teammates for just sitting in there. Well, Keats doesn't do that. When we're down to 10 men, we are bold. We go forwards, and as we saw here, despite the fact that we conceded the goal from a penalty straight away afterwards, we come back and we take the game to the opposition. And that's a very admirable quality that Keats has instilled in this team. This is a team with heart and guts, and they don't know when they're beaten. A few times in recent games, they've gone behind or they've encountered adversity, and their response is to bite back at it. We aren't the most fluent team in the world. There are areas you could improve. I'm not. I'm not naive. I'm not stupid. But it's it's a team to hang your hat on, and it's a team to be proud of. Because the fact of the matter is, fans talk a lot about wanting to see fight in their side. You're not going to get much more fight than this team. If I'm perfectly honest with you, an excellent battling point against the odds. And if that penalty had been given, it could have been so much more. With the final score of Wrexham 2, Eastleigh 2. Wrexham can now have a week and a half's holiday, which is well-earned. And please remember that you can listen to all the podcasts, the highlights, everything like that. Subscribe, click the notifications, leave reviews, leave ratings, all those things, please. They all will help the club as we move forwards. So... With the final score of 2 all. I'd be Mark Griffiths from the Wrexham AFC Media Team. This is the Final Whistle Podcast for the Wrexham AFC Media Team.